Welcome to the podcast. What up? It's Ram here. BK, and this is Meet the People. Welcome. Um, we got a guest today. Finally. finally got a guest. Finally got a guest. Uh, but before, before, before we even get to the guest, Ram, um, why don't you tell people where we're available now? So, platforms? I am very proud and happy to say that we are now on Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, um, Breaker, and Anchor FM. All of those platforms. Uh, I know the most popular ones are probably like iTunes and Spotify, but we thought we'd get all the available platforms out there. So, you know, you can't have an excuse now for missing an episode, basically, is what I'm trying to say. You should be watching it on all platforms every time you listen. Listening on platforms. Well, yeah. That's Unless you can watch sounds, if that's one of you. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you got to be... Na- okay, every time you listen to one of our podcasts, you have to listen on every other platform now. <laughs> there you works. go. There you go. But, um, yeah, we'll get into... Straight into it, I guess. We'll uh, introduce our guest. Yes. Numero... Episode numero dos. Numero Welcome dos Anna. now. Numero dos. And she actually speaks Spanish, so that's uh, only appropriate for me to say <laughs> so. But yeah, welcome to the podcast, Anna. How's it going? Hi, everyone. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, my name's Anna. Um, and yeah, a funny thing about me is that um, whenever people see me, uh, they just ask me where I'm from. Um, and I usually tell them, oh, you know, let, let's go have a coffee. Because <laughs> um, I was born in Portugal, but my parents are Brazilian. Um, and I also lived in Spain for a bit, as well as in South Africa. And that's where maybe people will pick up my accent. Uh, but yeah, people always ask me because they get really confused between my face and my voice. So yeah. There you go, people. A little fun fact about Anna there. I still find it quite weird that you have a South African accent and you haven't haven't lost it one bit. It's still very much there, very strong, but then you're not even from South Africa. You just kind of spent some time there. Yeah, I spent three years there and um, I've been in the UK for about two, two, three years now. And I think I've lost it. But whenever I meet someone, they uh, they still ask me, oh, where's your accent from? I'm like South Africa. But I do think I'm losing it. We've been friends for now, what, two years? And I still don't know. I've, I'm, South Af- I'm South African in the sense that I was born there. I lived there until I was, you know, until I was ten years old. I want to say. Then I moved to the UK, and she has more of a South African accent. Oh, clearly she has more of a South African accent <laughs> than I do, um, but, which is quite funny. But anyway, yeah. um, Ram. So kick things off. What right. what questions so, do we have? Do we have for our so guest today? We have decided to structure the show by having a subject topic, mm-hmm. and the one thing that we all share is. Um, the experience of coming to a new country. So yeah. we have all come to Kingston. We've all come to London. And we thought that we kind of explore that a little bit. And then towards the end, we'll uh, we'll give Anna a couple of questions that we had from the first podcast and see what she says to those. Yes, yes, indeed. It's completely unscripted. Yeah, I think that's one thing that we all kind of share, the whole um, immigrant slash expert experience or like kind of having to pack up, well, not have to, but packing up from where you're from or a country you're born in or raised in and then moving somewhere and having to start a scratch, meeting your friends and that kind of stuff. So um, I thought that'd be one interesting topic to talk to, you know, talk yeah. about. But um, Anna, yeah, so to kick things off, um, uh, what brought you to Kingston in the... Uh, we're going to delve into deeper with where you actually come from and stuff, but um, what brought you to the UK in, in, in the first place? Yeah. Um. So... After my my first 10 years on this earth, um, I lived in Spain for a bit and then I moved to South Africa. 
and then I was in South Africa for three years and then I lived as an expat there um, in virtue of my dad's job um, and that was great. Uh, but then I, I moved back to Spain um, as a normal citizen this time. So I finished my higher education in Spain and um, with the whole independence thing going on, I was like, I don't really want to be here. So I knew straight straight from the start, as soon as I got back to Spain, that I didn't want to stay in Spain. So I just finished my higher education um, and then I decided to come here to the UK and I was fortunate enough that my parents could help me to settle in London. So, yeah, I'm, I'm here now. So what I really got to say to that is, is, has it been worth it? Oh, yeah, <laughs> w- 100%. I mean, people are like, oh, you're leaving a country seeking independence, but you're going to the UK where they vote just, just voted for Brexit. I'm like, yeah, well, you know, fresh beginnings. You, what did you vote for? Sorry? You can vote. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's quite interesting that. Um, that's like one, well, three countries you've lived in. Mm-hmm. And But with your experience in South Africa, I know it was only three years, uh, but you were in your teens there. And that's going from, you know, a quote-unquote first world country to a developing nation. Uh, but what was your kind of experiences in, 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 in South Africa um, for the three years? And what, yeah, what comparisons can you sort of draw from, in, you know, from South Africa versus, uh, say, say, Spain? Um, so when I when I moved to South Africa, um, I thought that my dad was ending my life. I <laughs> told him that you're ruining my life because I moved when I was 13, and that's when you sort of like you start to make friends that are supposed to be for life and yeah. all of this. So um, it was a bit tough. And then, you know, when I moved back from South Africa to Spain again, um, I thought my dad was ruining my life all over again. You're ruining my life, Dad. Exactly, because um, you know, it's 16 is even a more point and a time in your life where you really really start to experience things um but yeah um i'd say in south africa i lived as a as a very happy person so i lived the expat life so if any 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 of the listeners has, have lived as an expat anywhere you know that your life is pretty easy um oh yeah you don't really have to pay for anything yeah so so yeah um and then when i moved back to spain you know it was it was it was a bit different in that sense, but um, both 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 places were really good. Um, South Africa gave me the South Africa gave me a new home in a way that I don't feel at home where my soul is truly happy. As when I go to South Africa, it's sort of where like my soul and my my whole life feels together and f- just feels rested. You, you feel at home. That's your home. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Well, they call it the motherland. For a reason, you know what I mean. Go back to mom, yeah. <laughs> basically. Mom Africa. Mom Africa, yeah. And it makes sense that you know you feel most at home there because in your teenage years, like you said, that's when you're starting to form your sort of opinions, your friendships. You're starting to discover who you are. You know, discovering your talents and stuff like that. So, whatever nation that uh, you experience those things is the nation that you're going to be most connected to. I feel like um, uh, with South Africa, what what would you say you missed missed the most about it? Okay, besides besides the weather, what sort of thing would you say um, you missed the most? For for me, I just missed uh, the beer of horse, the the biltong. Uh, you know, I missed the uh, rugby, very good rugby in South Africa, uh, cricket. You know, the whole lot, eh? But uh, what do you miss? So unfortunately, I I can't speak South African BK anymore. Yeah. But um, yeah, um, what I miss the most is definitely the people. 
Um, I found that in South Africa, people are just overwhelmingly happy, no matter how bad things may seem. Um, so, you know, even when they protest, they're dancing. Yeah. And that, <laughs> that might be a cultural thing, but I just found that, you know, one of the best things. Um, and yeah, I, I think what I miss the most is the people that I haven't seen in like four, three, four years now. Sorry, like... I, the only thing I could think of when you said um, <laughs> protesting and dancing at the same time is just like, we want cleaner water. And then they're just like breaking it down. Like <laughs> It's pretty much how it is. Well, when you say it's dancing, it's called, uh, we call it a toy toy, basically. What? It's okay, like, explain, because I don't know about this. Uh, t- toy toy is spelled T-O-I-T-O-I. But it is, it's just, I don't know where, where it comes from or whatnot, but um, it's always just been a thing how people protest in South Africa. So oh, all right, cool. it hold up science just as you do anywhere else in the world and there'd be a crowd of people and they're just kind of you chanting certain songs, you're singing right. what they call like struggle songs or whatever, and people kind of jump up and down and dance and but it's a protest. It's not it's not really right. a celebration so, rather than but people yeah. are kind of happy but you're protesting. It's a weird thing. But um you wouldn't really see that in the UK, like people doing no, never. You know, never be chanting about Brexit and start dancing. Yeah, crazy. doing doing the doggy and the moonwalk whilst uh <laughs> protesting against Brexit, you know? Oh god. <laughs> Johnson. I have one question that I want to really ask and that is um, when we all first came here mm-hmm. what was one thing that really scared you or one thing that you felt like you were really afraid about when you moved here well for me um, moving has been sort of like a natural part of my life now so I wasn't scared of the typical things that people are scared of so I obviously I miss my family but I, I didn't feel homesick i i didn't really feel like my life was ending because i had to move once again Um, mostly because it was a choice of mine but i guess even though brexit didn't affect me because i came here with a brazilian passport um i was a bit scared of just the general reaction towards um towards foreign people in general you definitely think that well before you came here you Hmm. thought that people would be very xenophobic um i guess you know uh i don't know i just i I was a bit scared of what what the what the general vibe would be towards foreign people but i guess since you're going to a university it's a bit different right and um i i still haven't had any encounter with any older person who's been like oh why are you coming to my country right right um because mostly i've only like um engaged with young-ish people so um i haven't had that problem i'd say yet yeah, cool. BK. That just reminded me of a bit I, I wrote just after the World Cup. Um, I haven't performed it yet, but it was because <laughs> when France won it, I was thinking in my head kind of thing, you know, imagine someone was to say, from France, they're, they're complaining now about, you know, all these immigrants coming. Like, yeah. how dare they come here in our country and uh, they steal all our jobs. Uh, <laughs> then they win the World Cup. Yeah. Oh, how dare they? How dare they? Because uh, <laughs> half, the, half that team was like, or oh, majority of that team was pretty much from, you know, the African kind of diaspora. But Yeah, I've heard a lot of, um, there was a lot of, uh, what's it called for it? Uh, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. There was a lot of, a lot of people kind of saying, oh, are they, I mean, is it really France winning it? Is it? Yeah, yeah that, that that's kind of thing. I mean. Which is uh, kind of ignorant to say, but, so, you know. But the, no, I, I don't want to diverge the topic, but there was, a one, there was one video I saw yeah. where it was just like, uh, really politically charged and it's one of those videos that you find on youtube with all the fucking text underneath it which keeps mm-hmm. going like it highlights the text as you go through and it's just like is france really france anymore mm. did france really win the world cup right <laughs> it's just like it shows like the whole team like all oh, the team is black <laughs> <laughs> yeah. clearly this is not french yeah. and then you're like 
what the hell's wrong with you? Even so, that? those people come from French-speaking countries now, due yeah. to history and stuff. But I think we're delving into too, too much of the yeah, exactly. uh, <laughs> that topic there. So what but the question was, again, the question was, what is one thing that scared you when you first came here? Yeah. Um, so, um, with Anna, I was talking about the uh, sort of xenophobia and stuff. Um, that's something that definitely happens in South Africa as well. There's been sort of spints of uh, xenophobic attacks and stuff with Africans being attacked or when I say Africans people from outside of South Africa in other right. African from our other African nations being attacked and uh, especially in the more remote areas and um, smaller towns right where people I guess are not m- as assimilated or as integrated whatever um, so I c- you know I could definitely understand um, that that fear but it's not something that, uh, that I've technique that I've experienced myself uh, with me I don't know what I actually kind of feared moving here. So wait, it was more so. Sorry, I go mean, on. You just, when you just got here, you were just like, "Oh, okay, this is totally familiar for me." There's nothing really that you were too afraid of. Not really, because even when I lived in South Africa, I did a bit of moving around in South Africa, yeah. and I experienced living going, you know, schools where I was like one of the few black kids. I went to like an Afrikaner school when right. I was young, and then I moved to Durban where. It was a bit more mixed, so it was like Indians, right. whites, blacks, all kind of mixed together and stuff. And then going from there, straight from Durban, I moved to Jersey, where I was experiencing almost my Africana school again, where, again, <laughs> I'm like the only white kid again. I mean, sorry, the only white kid. The only, <laughs> the only, um, the only black kid again. Um, so I, f- from that angle, not really. But I will tell you that when I did move here, the culture, like having to... Yeah, I understand the culture. That was definitely your big, big, big uh, challenge. Yeah, in school, like um, um, not laughing at the right jokes, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, that makes not really sense. getting people's humor, sense of humor, and stuff. Because it is way different back home. Yeah, I d- yeah, I think that would be the number one. Like, well, understanding the culture and especially the humor for me, because humor is a big part of, um, I guess, my. Well, personality. I mean, okay, just before like, so Anna wanted to say something, so we have to. We're, so we're kind of pi- uh, passing the mic between. Uh, BK and Anna right now because we don't have a third mic yet, but we will soon. Um, Anna, yeah, do you want to say what, what do you want to say? Um, yeah, something I wanted to say um, that I wasn't scared of when I first moved to South Africa, but it was definitely a culture shock for me is the sort of respect to the elders sort of culture not because you. in Spain that I mean that does exist, but not on a classroom level. So I wasn't used to calling uh, teachers you know, ma'am, m- ma'am or <laughs> Mrs. <laughs> or m- Miss Miss Penny or something like that. Oh, um, interesting. Where in Spain, you just call them by their first name. So if their name is Maria, you just call them Maria. Okay. You don't call them Miss, I don't know. Oh God, is that yeah, true? Yeah. So for me, like going and you up don't Dubai. stand, you don't stand when a teacher comes into the classroom either. So yeah, that was oh, a we, big, yeah. We had to do that in Dubai. So we always had to call them Miss and their second name or whatever it is. And it was very formal. Um, so I'll just quickly say what I actually um, had when I came here, what I was afraid of when I came here. So my parents are very, and I don't know if how much of this uh, I should actually say, but my parents were very cautious about um, being Pakistani or being brown and moving here. And one of the biggest fears they had was the racism. And obviously, like with you do see it with like the EDL and things like that. But you know, I, I, when I first got here as well, I was feeling that almost like it almost trickled down into me. But then, you know, as I got into uni and I got around the place, I mean, there, there's not a side of it. I've, I've had like one incident mm. in my four or five years like living here. So I really, that, that fear was unjustified and it was completely fine. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. The racism thing I never really experienced either. Um, definitely in school, there were like certain jokes here and there. But well, it wasn't, I don't know. Like looking back now, I just realized it was just kids being kids type of thing. Yeah. It wasn't racism per se, like in the terms of um, like everyone, I, I was never really treated any different and stuff, but there were definitely like certain jokes and stuff. Or people may comment on my hair or yeah. um, oh, it's like a sponge type of thing. Do you know what I mean? It's like more about just kid ignorance more than anything. I feel like looking back and I've never had a serious incident like that. I don't yeah, think. Yeah, but also at the same time, like you grew up in Jersey almost. So yeah, like, yeah, yeah. When I say almost, I mean like you lived there for a bit, yeah. and um, but is it like, like a very small population that is actually black? From what we we were talking about this before, it's like <laughs> zero point something percent, like really small percent. Yeah, that's black. Yeah, it's an island. I mean, it's between a hundred thousand people who live there. Yeah. So for me, um, again, it was more so fitting in, into the culture more than anything was uh, the difficult part. And what what Anna was saying about respecting your elders, that little yeah. things like well, what I thought were little things like in in South Africa, yeah, you speak. A certain way to your elders yeah. and you refer to even even if it's not your teacher or your principal if i'm going to your house ram and um we're going, you know um your family's invited us invited me for dinner whatever i'm going to refer to your mom as mom or aunt that's really? how that's how african yeah. culture works it's it's aunt blah 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 or just okay. aunt full stop if i'm if you know if um i don't know her name it just be aunt you know, or auntie, auntie, sorry. So the the auntie thing I share with the Pakistani heritage that right. I have. So that is something that I'm kind of familiar yeah. with. Um, but <laughs> I don't know. That's a good question, by the way. Like what you would call somebody if you mo- if you go to somebody's house. So I mean that you you do this whenever you go to a friend's house. It's like you'll say auntie and things like that. And it's kind of like the first thing that you. I mean, I don't, I don't do it here because it's not a thing, right? You just okay, so you don't name. do it here. Okay, but that's my I'm point. I'm saying that was something I had to get used to. Yeah. Um, like as a kid going to my friend's house to play flipping PlayStation or yeah, whatever when we were doing playing football. Auntie. Yeah, it'd be it was yeah it was uh, I felt like I need to say auntie, but yeah. like, no, call me call me Jane or whatever. Yeah. Then yeah. I, I just felt weird by using the first name. It's just kind of considered rude in African culture. It is kind um, of considered rude in my culture and thing too to say first name. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Um, in Spain, it's completely normal. You just refer to. So weird. So I have a friend. My mom's name is Olga, and um, I have one of my closest friends. Her mom's name is also Olga. So whenever I go to her house, I'm like, "Hi, Olga. How's it going?" Um, you know, it's on a first name basis. Um, yeah, you never call them Miss whatever. Or you, you never call them by their surname either. It's just that's just weird. Is it weird that yeah. I'm getting like a like a actual body like um, what's the word for it? Like a reaction just now to actually hear that like yeah. just saying the first name. I I'm think, so ingrained by it. I think like, it might have been. Um, I think it might be a English sort of colonial. Um, well, the Miss and Miss. Yeah, thing. yeah, I think that might be a uh, what do you call it? A um, the word slips my influence? mind. Yeah, maybe an influence. Yeah, yeah. that you know that th- that's just something or that results, was carried yeah, down. Results, yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah. Okay, um, let's move on. Yeah, mm. cool. All right. So next question is: When we first got here, what was something that helped you kind of adjust, adapt? Um, so I was very fortunate to have um, pretty cool flatmates. So in in Kingston Uni, in your first year, you get put in households. Uh, I mean halls, uh, residence halls of resident residence. So that's how you that's how you sort of make friends. So I was lucky in that sense, and then I al- I was also lucky to meet a great 
great bunch of Erasmus students from Spain. So mm -hmm. I had a bit of Spain here with me um, in my first year. And yeah, I, was, I, I, I wasn't worried about my ability to make friends with people. So I guess that, that I just had that I was lucky. I was lucky to just have them, you know, at my doorstep or just I happened to meet one of them having lunch one day. So yeah, yeah. I, I was just lucky, I'd say. Yeah, cool. PK. Interesting, interesting. And <laughs> with a lot of people, when they move to um, other countries, they tend to like to um, kind of stick with their own type of thing. I guess that's something you kind of, I don't want to say avoid, but if you want to really assimilate to a country or um, a new town, a new city, you want to get to know the locals. Like you, you want your friendship group to reflect the, the, the local demographics, basically. Yeah. Um, so you get involved in certain, you know, different activities and stuff. So for, for, for me... If you say moving to Jersey, uh, certain things that helped me, exactly that, like joining sports teams. Um, I was big on my football. I was big on my rugby. Yeah. Um, and I never assumed coming from South Africa, I was like a top flipping uh, rugby player <laughs> or like <a laughs> the best cricket bowler or whatever, that kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, getting involved in kind of sports and stuff definitely helped me. So essentially, you've just joined a community more or less that kind of helped you blend in. Yeah. But I guess mm. it's like, yeah, that was it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean... So I'll be the last answer, obviously. Um, so for me, the one thing that really helped, I, over the years, just before I started uni. So yeah, when I, when I got to the country, I decided to be really open with people and kind of share my story. Hopefully they would share their story back, et cetera thing. You know, just being very open-minded about people because the one thing I found here is that, and everyone who's been to London or lives here knows, it's so multicultural, it doesn't really have an identity as it used to anymore. I mean, it has its... It has its own cultural identity of, oh, Red Buses, Piccadilly Circus, all that kind of stuff. But, I mean, it's still not anything it, like it used to be. Like, my parents used to live here for 30 years, and they had a completely different experience of London that I do now. And they're still living here, and they think, wow, that it's changed so much. So Interesting. Yeah. Um, I think the great thing about London is just how you were saying, just how diverse it is and um, how easy it is to find someone that looks or speaks like you. But yeah. it's also very easy to find someone that's either from here or that's from somewhere else within England or Britain. Yeah. Because, and that that's the great thing about London is that you just find people from, from everywhere, really, really everywhere in the world. Yeah. Gotta love London. Shout out to London. <laughs> Shout out to London. <laughs> Shout out to... Man like, man like London. <laughs> <laughs> man like London. All right, so we've gone to the proportion now, or not proportion. We've gone to the portion of the podcast where we now ask our guest the three questions, all the four questions that we kind of made up in the first podcast. So uh, to start off, Anna, what is your drive? What drives you? Oh, um, not the car you drive. No, <laughs> well, <laughs> or I Weavers. <laughs> I don't. I don't drive. Um, I yeah. failed my driving test three times now, so <laughs> I do not drive yet. Um, but what drives me? Um, I don't know. What What drives me at the moment is sort of the fact that I'm here on a student visa and I need to get a job soon, yeah. um, within like nine months. And um, I think you're also like every a lot of people are in the same position as you are right now. Exactly. So I'm here technically temporarily, and I want to make this a stable home. Yeah. So that's what drives me every day. I guess it's just to do my best to but try is and it find that job. So you just said it right there. Hmm. You actively are trying to do your best, and you're trying to do better yeah i guess i'm, I'm just trying to be a, a decent human that that's that I, i'd say that's what drives me yeah okay yeah. okay 
So whenever I when I when I mean by drive, right? Do you have like a goal or dream in mind or something that you're really actively looking to achieve? Yeah, what keeps you going? Yeah, what keeps dream, you going? Basically. So for example, if you're like a say you're like a um, a blogger mm-hmm. and your thing is okay, you like blogging, you enjoy writing and stuff, but your drive is to for that blog to give you the freedom to be able to travel the world. Yeah. Because you that's your drive. Your drive is that dream of traveling the world and meeting people and writing yeah. stories about those experiences rather than just blogging about your day-to-day type of thing. So you know? when you said London or you want to stay here, why is it that you want to stay here? What is it about London that's keeping you here? Or okay, you now I understand your question. Okay. <laughs> um, it's, here we go. So I have a big dream to sort of work at The Guardian. Wow. So that that's sort of my drive. That's that's the end goal. That's the sort of dream dream job, dream life is to Fantastic. be a Guardian journalist. So yeah, I'm currently studying journalism and international relations. Shout out. And um <laughs> and uh yeah, that you know, I also have a blog, but I don't want to use it to travel you the world wanna, or whatever. You don't want to talk about your blog um, in this? I guess you can you, you can plug, plug in it. plug in my blog in the description if you will. <laughs> but yeah. Um in there, I usually write about my travels and my experiences and everything, and I just my opinion on on things in general. Um, but yeah, I guess the drive would be to end up being a journalist, uh, preferably a journalist at the Guardian. So I'm assuming that your passion is also journalism. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. Um, yeah, I guess that that Which would be the second my passion. question. Yeah. Yeah. So my my passion is really journalism. Um, being able to tell people stories um being able to meet meet people and especially have them tell me their stories because it's not really easy to just you know you just don't rock up to someone and be like tell me your story you have to be a specific type of person to do that so yeah cool yeah that's cool that's cool so what there's one last question now one mas is the most most important the most important one the one why we're all here what is your defining story? What okay. is something about you? That's not the one I was waiting for, but yeah, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one too. What that one's coming soon. Don't yeah, worry, we've still got okay. time. Okay. Oh God, my defining story. Can so you when I Yeah, I'll expand upon that. So what I'm trying to say with the uh, the defining story is, um, so I've mentioned earlier in a previous podcast that my defining story, one of my defining stories was my me going through um, mixed martial arts and losing weight and teaching myself self-discipline and just really diving deep into this whole thing and then it changed me uh, at the end of it. So is there anything, like, is there a reason why you chose journalism? Is there some, like, kind of spark moment where you were like, okay, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life now. Is there just a memory or defining part that you can think of? Um, so I guess my my defining moment for wanting to be a journalist, there, there were two things really. Yeah, cool. Um, the first one was the Snowden story. So uh, Edward Snowden sort of um, putting out in The Guardian, so that, that's sort of connected. Yeah, yeah. Um, Edward Snowden uh, put out that the NSA was obviously spi- uh, spying on both American and also the GCHQ. I think that's their that name. That being said, here. NSA, if you're spying out, listen to the podcast, <laughs> please uh, retreat. Like, please shout out the podcast, please. <laughs> we need say. the viewers right now. <laughs> but yeah, um, Edward Snowden's story and his collaboration with the journalist. And um, if you want to d- dive into that, um, definitely watch the documentary that was made about him. Um, but yeah. What was that called? Uh, I think it was called not Snowden. The, the Snowden is the movie yes, that starts um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. But yeah, I'll definitely put the um, 
definitely put in the description. I'll let you guys know what the uh, what the what the documentary is because it slips my mind right now. Yeah. But yeah, that one was one of the one of the first things that made me you know make me want to be a journalist is that the discovering the truth and then. The other thing that definitely made me want to be a journalist and more of a more, more of a people stories uh, journalist was the Black Lives Matter movement oh, and yeah. the Ferguson protests. Um, yeah. I recently read a book called uh, by Wesley Laurie, who is the Washington Post journalist um, right. who covered uh, the Black Lives Matter protests, and I'm currently reading a book by um, Deray Mackerson called On the Other Side of Freedom. So and have a read of those. Yeah, Deray is um, he was one of the people at the front of the protests so um you know the bravery of them and just them them being able to stand up stand up and and protest for what what they truly believed and what they wanted to change that that's yeah. something that inspired me as well Co- wanting to cover those type of stories and those type th- that type of people yeah cool thanks anna <laughs> okay now we're going to the question you wanted to say right yes mi favorito is question the, is it the hero ability one yes yes okay anna do you want to say it pk um no you ask it go on because you got what it in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> what heroic ability do you really want anna heroic ability i'm yeah. gonna ask for expansion on that as well like what's superhero power basically that you'd want so ram was to li- lift shit uh, yeah, so I can <laughs> carry boxes. Yeah. That's what my that whole reason. What? The actual name for it. Super strength. Super strength, which I still think is just someone who... Lifting boxes. Someone just goes to the gym, basically, and helps out old <laughs> ladies with moving furniture. I can lift a car off like a like a, like a a baby that's trapped in like a like a wreckage of a car crash. It just seems okay? kind of pointless. Yeah, it just means... How, how is saving people from a car crash no, a pointless ability? Not that. I just feel... Okay. Okay, yeah, okay. For, yeah, for those, yeah, exactly. For those type of situations, but then you have to go... Okay, never mind. Go go teleport to wherever you yeah, want to Yeah, I think that's to. cooler. That's cooler. Okay, maybe that's your one is less of a selfish one because you can help Okay, okay. We're going to take you but over our guests' If time, I teleport, I just do my own shit. But anyway, yeah. What was yours, Anna? Anna, your... Uh, so it's already been mentioned, but I definitely love a tele teletransportation um, superpower because that would basically mean that I could I would be able to go back to South Africa whenever I wanted without having to spend like a thousand pounds slash euros on a flight. Okay. Um, and then also go back uh, to Spain to visit my family. So or just anywhere in the world to report on a story. So that that would be. What it. if every time you teleport, you lose five years of your life? Uh, what if, as in the sense like you will live five years less so if you like you're expected wow. to live till 80 Whoa. you're only now going to live to 70 and that's and it'll keep happening until like you know i stopped teletransportating <laughs> yeah, see? now that part um, doesn't come as useful anymore I, does it? I'd, no. I'd still take it because i think yeah. I've, I've lived a pretty um uh how do you say full life and happy right. life so i would it's one of the things that i wouldn't really mind dying tomorrow as well so yeah. wow okay <laughs> okay what if every time you teleport donald trump is at the other side <laughs> and you have to lick his um oh the fake tan off his oh face oh my god <laughs> that would be fantastic for, for a good five minutes and then you're allowed to stay in the country that you've just teleported in would you still do it uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> we found okay. So dying obviously is too much. <laughs> but if you have to like, no, sorry, it's not enough. If you like Trump, that is <laughs> that, too that's, much. A no that's, no. that's a no no. That's a no no. Okay. I mean, it may, it may taste of orange or something. Might be a bit tasty. 
Mm-mm. <laughs> Don't love my own strum. <laughs> All right, Ram. Um, what's uh, the final? The final question now. The final question. Oh, this is your favorite, isn't it? Mi favorito one as well. They're both my favorite because they're both the most immature questions. So, MJ or Prince? Mm-hmm. Um, I have to say MJ straight up God because <laughs> um, I think I grew up with MJ more than I did with Prince. When Prince died, I was I was upset, but when MJ died, I cried. I cried for a day and a half because I had a dream of seeing him. Um, in concert and uh, I think when he died or just the year before he died I used to dance when I was little um, up until I was like 16, 15 and uh, I, I used to, I, I, I still know the beaded choreography of my heart mm. and uh, yeah so MJ MJ for life MJ touched me much <laughs> more than much more than Prince well, did well I hope he didn't touch you <laughs> <laughs> no he didn't touch me but he was touched by he touched me in, in my emotionally heart. yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay Shout out yeah. to MJ. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to the Jackson family. Shout out to Joe Jacks. Shout out to everyone, man. Are <laughs> <laughs> we just gonna shout on everybody now? Yeah. Uh, if you exist, I'm happy you that you shout out. I'm happy that you went with MJ because that's definitely my I'm choice not. as well. Um, I mean, despite how much I love MJ, like Prince. Hey, purple rain, purple rain. <laughs> but, um, Beat it! <laughs> Beat it! Is <laughs> that how those songs came about? Yeah. Because apparently, I had quite. A they had some beef, you know, MJ and uh, Prince. Did they? Yeah, but like industry beef, like three other people that kind of, um, whenever they went to award shows, they have, had to be s- separated or they'd make sly comments here and there about each other. They never. That's why they never worked <laughs> with each other. They never really liked each other. And um, Quincy Jones actually um, exposed that. But really? That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that I imagine that's how those songs came about. <laughs> it was just up. Really? Beat it. <laughs> yeah. Tony Diana. Tony uh, Diana. Was MJ, MJ was telling um, Prince to beat it when he wanted to use the, the studio. <laughs> I can't tell if this is just made up right now. I swear God. It, no. Well, that's <laughs> well, not how the yeah. song actually came about, but yeah. it, they definitely did have some sort of beef. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> okay. Uh, I know we're reaching a time now where... Uh, any, last, any last words before you teleport back to Donald Trump's... Um, face uh next time if i ever come again on the podcast i definitely need to think of a new superhero power <laughs> that's all <laughs> i have to say <laughs> we should we should start banning superhero powers so that nobody <laughs> keeps repeating superhero powers <laughs> or like uh, really just, messing with them i just want to say thanks for bk and ram for a lovely friendship oh. and for having having me on your podcast guys <laughs> thank, oh, thank you thank you anna <laughs> thank you muchas gracias <laughs> muchas gracias un besos <laughs> all right all right, thanks everybody for listening. Tune in next week. And now that you can hear us on all these platforms, please check us out. Please rate us on uh, on all of them if you can. <laughs> on all of them, but especially on iTunes and um, Spotify. If, yeah. If any, if there's any two p- platforms to choose, I'd choose those two. And like, just give us a rating, uh, comments if you want to comment as well. It'll just help us out, uh, get a bit more exposure on those uh, on those platforms. Even, even if it's like, you guys are shit, do it. Whatever feedback, man. <laughs> we need feedback, you know. Feedback need, is what we need. You know what I'm saying? That's all it is. Thank you. And uh, tune in again next week. Meet the people. Take care, guys. <laughs> <laughs>